Welcome to Pathway Church Online. We're honored you tuned in today. It's our purpose to help each person believe in Jesus, belong to a church family, become a fully devoted follower of Christ, and build God's kingdom. We believe today's message will help you do just that. It will change your life if you listen and apply it. For more information about Pathway Church, please visit www.pathwaychurchok.com. Now, let's go together and hear today's message. This is going to be a series that's going to call us into our prayer and fasting time of what God has called us to do during this season. And the whole point of praying and fasting is that we grow closer to Jesus. We kind of have this mindset that whenever we pray and fast, it's for me to get something out of it. It's for me to, I've been praying for God to show me that I'm going to make a million dollars. And at the end of the 21 days, I'm going to get my million dollar uh, idea. That, no, no, no. The, the goal of prayer and the goal of fasting is that we grow closer to Jesus. And the more we become like Jesus, the more we want what Jesus wants for us than what we want for us. And the goal of it is to change our thinking to get to where Jesus is our thoughts, not the thoughts that we have is our thoughts. Does that make sense? So part of that thought process of growing closer to Jesus is through an element of what we call worship. You all know what worship is. We just got done doing a form of worship. And today I want to talk on you were made for worship. The truth of it is we all worship something. You may worship, if you're Terrence, you worship golf. He's, he loves playing golf. They go on vacations and play golf on these vacations. You, you may, if you're my wife, you worship shopping. She loves to shop. She, she, she can be gone all day long working and then be like, hey, I'm dropping the kids off. I'm going shopping. And that energizes her. That gives her more motivation. We all worship something. And here's what you have to understand. It's okay to have those things in your life as long as those things don't have you. As long as you spend more time with God than you do doing those things, God doesn't mind if you worship these things. The things that we worship, we, we give our time to. We give our money to, we give our loyalty to, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But the problem comes whenever we spend more time doing those things than we do worshiping God. Does that make sense? The, the first commandment of the Bible is what? Does anybody know? Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Little g, not big g, little g. So we could say, and I'm stretching here, but you can get the point of it. Golf is a God. Shopping is a God. All your hobbies, going boating, going, doing whatever you like to do, those are little gods. It's okay to have those. But you can't let those things take over your time that you have with God. Don't spend more time on the golf course than you do with God. Don't spend more time on the boat saying, you know what, I'm going to skip church this weekend because God gave me this boat and hallelujah, I'm so glad God blessed me with this boat and now I'm not going to come to church anymore. I'm so glad that God blessed me with this talent to play golf and now I'm going to start playing weekend tournaments so I can go out and witness for Jesus on the golf course. No, no, that is letting, that is letting your God have more power, your little G God have more power over your big G 
our God. We following me right now? We think so? So to understand what worship is, we need to first of all define worship. In your notes, let's pull out, let's pull out your first blank. Worship is our response to what we value most. Worship is our response to what, you, what we value most. In Bible school, they teach you this concept called the laws of Bible study. And one of those laws in the Bible study is the law of the first mention. Kind of like we talked about a while ago, the law of the first. There's the law of the first mention. In the law of the first mention, it is the purest form of teaching that you can find. So if you're doing a Bible study on a particular word, you go back to where it is first mentioned and you start your research there and you'll find out what the purest form of what that term is supposed to mean. Remember the game telephone. I would go and start off a phrase. I would tell Randy, and Randy, you would tell Christy. Christy would tell Nora. Laura. Laura would tell the next person, and the next person tell the next person. The next person would tell. And by the time you got to Travis, who's going to mix up whatever you say no matter what because he thinks it's funny, if he, if he heard what was being said, would it be the same thing that I said at the beginning? More than likely not. But if you want to find the purest form of what I said, where would you go? You would go straight to the one who came up with the original context in which it was at. The first mention. If you want to find the purest form of what was taught or what was said, you go to where it first of all started. So in order to find the, 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 purest, the, the purest form of worship... We want to look at the Bible and find out where did worship begin? What is the purest form of worship we have in the Bible? Does anybody know? It might surprise you. Maybe not. The first worshiper in the Bible was Lucifer. So in order to find out what worship is supposed to look like, who are we going to look into today? Isn't that kind of weird? Let's look at Satan to come to church. But to find the purest form of worship, we have to find out from Lucifer what worship was supposed to look like. Let me give you a quick little Bible study. I feel like today's more of like a teaching type thing. Is that okay? I just, I just when I was writing this last night, I just felt like more like teachy teachy. Um, let me give you a little quick Bible study. In your notes, there's three archangels. There were many angels in the Bible, but as, as far as I can remember, there's only three that were actually given their names. And those three in your notes, number one is Michael. And when you see Michael, you see prayer is taking place. In fact, write that word down next to Michael, prayer. Uh, whenever the first time we hear about Michael, it was actually when in... Um, uh, Daniel, uh, Daniel, he was in his 21 days of fasting, and on his 21st day, an angel shows up named Michael, and guess what the angel said to him? I heard you on day one, but when you started praying, there started being principalities at war that I had to go fight with. It took me 21 days to win the battle in the spirit realm before I could come down here and help you win your battle. Side note, maybe or maybe not true, just this is good, this is good preaching stuff right here. If you start praying for something and you don't get the answer that God wants you to have, 
if you give up, you have stopped the angel from being able to go at war for you in that situation. So you have to continue to pray for that situation until the angel shows up or until your answer comes forth. What happens is we pray for something, we don't get our answer immediately, and we give up. It took Daniel 21 days for his angel to show up, and Daniel had a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. Think, we don't have that same lifestyle, so it's, it might take longer than 21 days for us. But what happens is we pray day one, we pray day two, we pray day three, day four comes around, we're like, God's not hearing me anymore, so we give up. You just got Michael activated by day four. He's just now saying, man, I heard you. I got to go fight some battles for you. And all of a sudden, you stop praying. And the moment you stop praying, you quit, you quit giving Michael the power to, to fight for you in the warfare. I don't know if that's right or not, but it makes sense. Number two, you have Gabriel. And Gabriel, write down the word next to him, word. Gabriel was the one who delivered messages. He delivered the word. We first of all heard of Gabriel in the story of Christmas. Whenever Mary was there, who showed up and spoke to her and said, you're going to have a baby. This baby's going to be born. You know the Christmas story. That was Gabriel. And then the third angel we have is Lucifer. Uh, and right down next to Lucifer, write down the word worship. And worship, the, the role of Lucifer was to bring reverence to God. And many scholars, a lot smarter than I am, who study all this stuff, come back and say, Lucifer had the highest position of the three angels. So let's say you've got God is, is, the, is the, the president of his company, and in his boardroom there are three vice presidents, Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer, but there was one senior vice president, that would have been Lucifer. He was the right-hand man. He knew a little bit more than everybody else. He was around a little bit more than everybody else. He was more in control of a little bit more than everybody else. So that would have been Lucifer's position. But the neat thing about these three is that all of heaven is represented by these three angels. Side note, this is where we get our church worship format from. What do we do? We pray, we deliver the message, and we have worship. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, what are the three most important elements that you do? You pray, you read the word, and you worship. All of heaven is represented by these three angels. So to understand worship, we've got to look at it in its purest form. So let's start diving into the how and why of this worship. Are you guys following me so far? All right. Isaiah 14 in your notes. How have you fallen from heaven, morning star, son of dawn? He's talking about Lucifer here. You have been cast down to the earth who you once laid low the nations. Satan said this in his heart. Look, notice the words that I underline. I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my thrones. Oh, I didn't underline above. Uh, my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zephon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Because of pride, Satan fell. 
Notice all the words. He said, he said this is, I, I'm the highest. I want to put myself above. And because he kept looking and saying, I am above this, I want to be like the Most High, his pride caused him to walk away or be cast away from the very most precious aspect of life, bringing reverence to God. Jesus actually said in Luke, I saw it like a flash of lightning. I saw when Satan was kicked out of heaven. All right, another Bible lesson. You ready for this one? This one, you can do your research on your own, but when did all of this take place? Between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. This is a theory that I believe, I've researched this a lot, I went to Bible school and all this stuff, so you might find a different theory, and I'm not sold on this one 100%, so if you bring up different evidence, and I'm cool with that, so don't, don't hang me for this one, but there is a theory called the gap theory. Have you ever heard of that? No? The gap theory is that between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, there was a span of time that took place, and in that span of time, Earth was formed, but it was formed with darkness because that's where Satan was expelled to. And then during that time, God said, this is crazy, and then Genesis 1-2 takes place. Here's why that makes sense. In the original text language, there is punctuation marks. And these punctuation marks mean different things. So we would look at like a period, it means it's the end of the sentence. But have you ever heard like a word that's like, um, like the word love? Here, whenever we say it, it means love. But if you say in Spanish, there's three or four different expressions of what love is. So you'll say one verb of love, and it's I love you as a neighbor. You say another uh, expression of the word love. It's not the same word, but it's still the same word. It's I love you as I would a lover. There are different expressions of the same word. Well, in the original language, there are punctuation marks that do the same thing. There is only one place in the entire Bible that the punctuation mark is different from Genesis 1-1 and 1-2 than anywhere else in the Bible. That punctuation mark actually means a span of time took place. So whenever you read it, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then, boom, this period means a span of time took place. And then Genesis 1-2 and said, let there be light. So what happened? Darkness covered the earth because Satan was here. I'm going to blow your mind for a second. You're, you're going to look at me like, oh, this guy is blasphemy. He's get, get him out of here. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Whenever you read, Terrence, you're, you're not following me, are you? You're kind of, you're, you're, he's like, where's this guy going? I'm not sure. Whenever you read the creation story, it's actually a recreation story. I'm not going to tell you. I want you to go research that one on your own. Because where would Satan go to if there wasn't an earth already here? He had to go somewhere. So God had to recreate what Satan was trying to do. Don't shoot the messenger. Just go do some research, and, and you, come to the, you come to the realization and see if you find the same thing I have. You ready? You all right with that? Ter Terrence. He's over there with his hands crossed. Like, this guy's, this guy's crazy. 
That's why I said it to Terrence, because I know he likes that stuff. But that is called the gap theory. So, Terrence, you can write down the gap theory, and you go start researching that GAP. G-A-P. Yeah, gap theory. <laughs> Electricians have a hard time with small words. They, have, they only know the big ones. All right, so, all right. You guys follow me back again? No more controversial stuff the rest of the service, all right? Adrian's like, Taylor, why'd you do that? Your first Sunday here, and you're all getting everybody confused. The Lucifer's goal, let, let's get going. With that was, that, none of that was in my notes. That was just a, that was a freebie. Let's look at your notes. Lucifer's goal is to get all of the attention off of God. This has been his, his goal from the very beginning. He wanted to be ascended on high. He wanted the... the, the he, he wanted all the attention. He wanted everybody to look at him. Look at me. Look at me. Because what you'll actually read, if you would read further in Isaiah, he was full of jewels. The angel had jewels. all, So he, he was beautiful. Worship is beautiful. And he wanted everyone to look at him and say, look, I'm the most beautiful. I am better than everybody else. I am higher than everybody. Worship me because I'm the one who gets to worship God. And so it began to build this idea in his head that he was better than everybody else. And so because of this, God said, no, 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 that ain't going to work. I'm, I'm God. You're not. And so ever since this time, the goal of Satan has been trying to get your attention off of God. What happens to you when you start your morning? You get busy doing other things, and all of a sudden, one hour, two, three, five, six hours, one day, two days, three days later, you're like, I haven't spent time praying. I haven't spent time in my word. What's happened? Your attention got off what was important. His number one agenda is to get your attention off of God. And if he can get your mind off other things or put your mind on other things and off from God, he is doing exactly what he's trying to do. Does that make sense? He's trying to get the attention on him, not God. Again, going back to what he said in his heart, I will ascend. I'm at the highest. Put me above. I want the attention. So he's trying to get the very thing away from God that he said here that he wanted. That's powerful. You guys know me. Um, I, I love to worship. I would, I would have sat with Cindy. I, I would have been here for two hours just playing one chord, just worshiping. I, I just love worship. I play guitar and drums. I'm kind of learning the piano some. And I just, I just enjoy music. And in, the, in music, there are three major categories that all instruments fall into. You have, number one, the stringed instruments. These are things that you pluck, like guitar, uh, piano, banjo, things like that. Uh, You have, number two, you have percussion instruments. These are things like the Doty Boys like. You bang. You hit stuff. You're just pow, pow, pow. Those are percussion cymbals. Pow. Uh, And then, number three, you have wind instruments. These are flutes, things that you blow. Maybe I might confuse you just a little bit, Terrence. Satan was actually made of those three elements. The very essence of who Lucifer was was a worshiper. And the Bible says that he contained the elements of worship. He contained within him a percussion instrument. He pertained in him or contained in him a a wind instrument, a stringed instrument. 
But here's what you need to understand. Satan was removed from heaven. God wanted Satan, or at the time Lucifer, to be over the worship, but now that worship angel is missing. So he created you and I with these same three elements. God gave us the ability to operate in these same things because God made you for worship. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in, and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.